0: And welcome to Deus Life, an aspirational podcast. Um, I am Patrick, and here with me, as always, is Hayden. Wow, we just jumped right into that, and I'm loving it. So um, I guess the first thing we want to do here is shout out to the most important people in our lives right now. And that's going to be Weston Bales, Sean Wardell, no relation, and David Lockman. Um, those are our three Patreon survivors or subscribers <laughs> right now. Both, um, and and we uh, supporters is what he means. Not supporters, subscribers, yeah. uh, you know. This is the first uh, bit of the podcast here. This is the warm up hour, so uh, bear with me here. Um, and we we want to extend. From the very bottom of our hearts, a sincere thank you. Um, without you, this wouldn't be possible. You've paid for all of our gear so far, um, our hourly rates, everything. Uh, the it, studio where we're recording this, we, uh, we thank you. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it really is amazing what three people can do. Um, so for those of you that haven't uh, subscribed on Patreon yet, check us out. If you just go to deuspodlife.com, uh, he means deuslifepod.com. Deus.
1: D-E-U-S-lifepod.com.
0: Deuslifepod.com, D- D- Deus as I was saying. Um, you can see everything there. So we don't need to list the email and all that stuff. Just go there. You'll see everything. You'll know what to do. Um, so with that out of the way. I have a story. You have a story? I have a okay. story. Yeah, I, I don't even know where to start because I have so much to talk about. So you all go right. first.
1: So uh, there's a couple of dating apps. One of them is called Bumble. Excellent. And on Thursday, I matched with a girl on Bumble.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Name is Sophia. She's a nurse from Australia. Shout out. So matched with her on Thursday. And on Bumble, the way it's different than most other dating apps is the girl makes the first message. And so that means once you match, the girl has 24 hours to send you a message. It's sort of like a Sadie Hawkins style thing where she makes the first, the first, uh, the first move of sorts. So Friday night comes along. She sends me a message. Saturday, I reply because I then have twenty-four hours to respond to her message. So we're chatting a little bit back and forth on uh, on Saturday, and then uh, she tells me, "Hey, she's a nurse. She's had a really good day. Uh, she was able to see off a Holocaust survivor who had also survived mm. uh, coronavirus at the hospital where she works." And I was like, "That is awesome. Sounds like you're having the best day ever." I said, cool, why don't you give me your phone number and then maybe we can set up a FaceTime conversation, something along those lines. So she gives me her phone number. I like it. I like the FaceTime. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so two hours later, uh, I had some other stuff come up. So I send her a message, uh, send her a text message and see that she has said in Bumble in their, in their messenger, hey, send me, let me know when you texted me because sometimes I have bad reception. So I sent her uh, so I said, cool, just message you," And, uh, and then I get a reply on the text thread. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> And so I get a reply. Let me read this to you. Uh At the very top, I get a message that says, uh, so I've written her something very nice. And then I get a reply. It says, hi, Hayden. I think you may have gotten the wrong number. This is (laughs) Jessica. Typo on your end. And if not, maybe a typo on hers. If you could find out for me and let me know, that would be great. Sorry about the mix up. Hmm. So I took a screenshot of this and went back because there's Sophia on the Bumble app and Hmm. here's Jessica on text. And so I go back over to Bumble, send the screenshot and say, hey, did you uh, give me the wrong phone number or something? Mm -hmm. Ha, ha, ha. LOL. Don't hear anything back from her. And then then I don't reply to the girl on text. And then an hour later, I get a text saying, did you hear anything? And so then I go back over to Bumble to go, Okay, well, maybe this girl replied. Yeah, she's a
0: little too interested in this situation. Maybe Sophia
1: replied. Mm -hmm. And so I go back over to Bumble and find out that Sophia has unmatched me. (laughs) (laughs) So now all I have is Jessica on text message. Nice. And, uh, and so I write back after I see that, uh, that Sophia has, uh, has unmatched me. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, the plot's thickened. Uh, <laughs> do you happen to know anyone named Sophia? And uh, I can't imagine why she'd give me the wrong phone number. And then I went, and this is officially a joke of some sort. And I think it's on me. I'm um, sorry for involving you, Jessica. Mm-hmm. I, I wish you the best life. Mm-hmm. And then she texts me back and goes, can I give you a call? Yeah. And I said, sure. Uh-huh. And so she then proceeds to call me and say, hey, buddy, um, just wanted to call and let you know that I don't think you're the only one. You're not the only one. There's actually three other guys that have texted this number <laughs> thinking they were talking to Sophia, wow. the nurse from Australia. hmm and so I said, okay, well, that's reassuring. I was a little bit down on myself thinking that, oh, man, this girl just made a fool of me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said, well, what's going on? I'm not the victim. It seems like you're the victim. Is there yeah. anybody you can think of that would do this? And she goes, well, yeah, my ex, my, my boyfriend has a crazy ex-girlfriend and she's a nurse. Wow. And so then I wind up having a 10 minute conversation with her on the phone where she tells me that the uh, ex-girlfriend of her current boyfriend, and they've been dating for over a year, Mm -hmm. has texted her from random phone numbers, shown up at restaurants where she's tagged herself or Instagrammed a brunch or something like that. And then the ex-girlfriend will show up at that restaurant to confront her and that was the entire thing. So I think I got out-victimed by this girl because she was clearly the actual victim, <laughs> but the level of sophistication of this, I don't know if it's technically a catfish, I don't know what the situation, I don't know, catfish I, is different, yeah. different in my mind, but I don't know what I am in this because I'm part of the con,
0: but I was also a victim. Yeah, let's, let's get into that. So I was going to make the joke that I'm Sophia Hayden, but clearly you found out who <laughs> Sophia is. Yes. So, um, you know, good job preempting that. Exactly. Because you probably knew that was coming. Yep. Um, what goes through my mind when you're telling me that is like, why? why? What's the point of the effort? It's sort of reminding me of... Have you ever heard those ridiculous nightmare stories where people have two families in separate geographic yeah. locations? Sometimes they drive an hour from the family. Sometimes they fly and they have separate families, and both of them are like, "Oh, Dave always works uh, the weekends, and, uh, yeah, or the week, during and, the week, and they'll have like separate wives with separate kids." And it's sort of like, to me it's nothing to do with the women or the children. It's just this weird obsession. I, I, I can't begin to understand it, but to me that, that's the problem with this guy is it has nothing to do with her. It's just like this weird motivation. Why do so, you think that is?
1: Well, so it's her current boyfriend's ex-girlfriend is Sophia or the one that was masquerading as Sophia. Gotcha. And so... That's the part that was, I don't know, interesting, but it was also this whole process of the conversation was going great (laughs) on Bumble for sure. Looking forward to the text conversation and uh, and then for that to get completely derailed and find out not only is it not this girl, Sophia, who's
0: maybe a nurse from I don't know. I don't know. That's amazing. And I I mean, what's the goal is it's one of two things to me or it's it's one of many things. But the two things that come to mind is one. Man, I hate this girl dating my man, Bradley. How mm-hmm. dare she? That bitch, Jessica, my mm-hmm. God. I'm going to inconvenience her with yep. three with messages three a re- month. Yeah, <laughs> is, is that the goal? Or is it like, I'm going to get guys texting Jessica and my man, Bradley, is going to find those messages on her He's phone. He's going to get pissed. Ooh,
1: Bradley. Ooh, This is the master plan. Is, is it one of those? I, that, that's perfectly reasonable speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the long and short of it is, is that I don't really know what's going on in this girl's mind. And the crazy thing is, is what if this was all just a concoction by Jessica?
0: Ooh, that's interesting.
1: Now, did you ever see Jessica? Did you no, know I have no oh. idea who she is. I told her that I was going to be recording this on a podcast, wow. and she said, "What? You have to send send me, me the link." Yeah, oh, Jessica, what up? And so I just <laughs> took a picture of myself. About- <laughs> with these headphones into the mic. Now,
0: for those of you that can't see it, it's a hilarious uh, podcast selfie, I think would be the category. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say yeah. so. And yeah, uh, selfie.
1: Yeah, and so, yeah, and then I also told uh, Jessica that she has to keep track of all the other people that get in touch
0: with her that get duped mm-hmm. by this uh, this Sophia character so that she can host a victim's dinner. So you just, I mean, that's a great idea, but you just, Jessica's listening to this and you just let free that you have one you know not major but minor suspicion that jessica might be concocting this whole thing would you respect her more for that i i, w- I would
1: <laughs> i would really admire the fun I, of it i would admire the masterminding of this entire thing yeah. i don't think it's her because when we <laughs> talked on the phone yesterday uh she seemed genuine but so did the girl on bumble so I'm, it's sort of I like i don't
0: really know yeah it's so ridiculous and specific I would kind of respect it because it's like nobody's clearly losing or winning in this situation. It's just yep. kind of odd and distracting. Yep.
1: yep. Um, and then last night also while I was uh, while I was just hanging out I, uh, I got a new Snapchat follower mm. and it was a girl named Jessica who Ooh. used my phone number to find me. Ooh. And uh, so if I ever post anything on my Snapchat story, uh, I suppose that person would see that. So
0: my you first should, Snapchat friend I've gotten in a
1: while. Too, yeah, so you should I'm do that. Ever that
0: um, yeah, I have one Snapchat actually. <laughs> right. Legitimately it's just to communicate with one person yep. um you should do that and jessica also you should come on the show please tell us what's going on We explain would love, we all of this we would
1: love to have you i'm sure there's more stories and uh yeah you yeah get in touch with us and uh we'd be happy to host you
0: and also we're going to release um 90 of that episode for the public 10% of that episode where the big reveal happens, that's just going to our Patreon um,
1: yes. supporters. So, yes, so. absolutely. So that was my big story from yesterday. Um, definitely have told it to a few people wanted to save like it. This <laughs> and, yeah. uh, cause it was, I mean, getting it like when you think you're done with the story and you think it's, Hey, okay, cool. Mistaken identity. I guess we both, I guess I got made a fool of something, mm-hmm. something. And then to get a a text from the number that you erroneously texted saying, "Can I give you a call?" Mm-hmm. I mean, the only right answer to that is absolutely yeah. give me a call, <laughs> please.
0: <laughs> nah, curiosity over. Nah, yeah, no,
1: nah, you know, I'm good. I just want to eat these eat these Cheetos. Um, um,
0: well, I guess I have a story too. Please. Um, the problem with my storytelling, I generally require many, many tellings to really get the rhythm and words right. Um, like a stand-up
1: comedy act. I'm yeah, sure.
0: I've generally used um, dating a bunch of people, like meeting people um, frequently, first-time meetings, doing a bunch of frequent first-time meetings. So I can really hone in on my different routines. Um, but here, here we go. Uh, I learned yesterday, or maybe two days before, that, Hayden, you're going to find this amazing. I'm a medical mystery. What? No one can explain what happened to me. Um, you know a little bit of what happened. I had a weird medical thing happen. Could have been coronavirus, could have been any respiratory virus, who the hell knows. Um, but very end of March, the last two days of March started to get a, a really kind of growing at a rapid pace chest pressure and shortness of breath, um, which still minorly lingers to this day, even weeks and weeks later. Um, but April 1st, it was uh, the night going into April 1st, so March 31st and into April 1st. Uh, did not sleep because it was it was so ridiculously bad, and I had never. And he was felt waiting, waiting for those April Fools' jokes. Exactly. <laughs> That's when I had to tell people. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was April April <laughs> Fools', which is the worst holiday. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah, started to feel that sensation. I never felt that sensation before, and like put coronavirus aside. Really painful chest pressure and trouble breathing is like something you should always go check out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I went to the ER that morning. I uh, did a chest X-ray. And there wasn't really anything wrong with my lungs. I didn't have any pneumonias or anything. So he said, you know what? And this was very early on in Corona. So testing wasn't really widely available and they were only really testing you if they thought maybe they had to admit you. So I went home isolated for two weeks. Um, I'll always remember those two weeks as the most boring two weeks of my life and probably the least productive two weeks of my life just because it's really hard to wake up and commute to the next a desk next to your bed. Yeah, um, it just doesn't feel like going to work. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that just gradually kind of ebbed and flowed and got better, and cough went away. All that stuff. Um, got my follow-up X-ray a couple days ago, and I finally got to talk to my doctor to have him compare the first one and the second one. Now, at the time of the peak pressure there was such a ridiculous Im- like immune reaction in my chest and neck that it felt like under the skin it was wet bubble wrap. Whoa. I could swish it around and make like swishing and popping noises. Th- no that's like way. how much a bag of fluid my neck and chest were. Okay. It was really, really strange. Um, and what he revealed to me is that it wasn't just fluid. It was actually air. And I'm going to have my doctor on once because I just switched to him. <laughs> yep. He's amazing. I told him at the beginning of the call... Listen, I have somewhat of a science background. Just give me the straightforward terminology. If I don't know something, I'll let you know, and you can use a metaphor. But, you know, I don't need the constant metaphors. So the first thing he does is go... Imagine your body is a beach. <laughs> Imagine the storming of Normandy on D-Day, <laughs> and picking up all those dead soldiers and equipment and shells is going to take some time, and that's the lingering inflammation. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's a great metaphor. So, what was up with those X-rays? <laughs> yep. um, and uh, basically, what he explained to me was, it, when I took that first X-ray, whatever was in there is gone. But when I took that first X-ray, it looked as if my lung had been punctured, and air had seeped out into the chest and, and neck cavity by the um, trapezius muscles. Okay. And uh, he couldn't explain it. He said, it, it, this looks like an x-ray of a punctured lung, like a severe punctured lung, but without the puncture.
1: Oh, goodness.
0: <laughs> so anyway, um, life is interesting as a medical miracle. And, uh, Are you a mystery and miracle? Both? You know, I did switch that. Yeah. Uh, Mystery doesn't have such a positive connotation. It just sounds kind of fun. Miracle is nice. I'm a medical miracle, Hayden.
1: I don't disagree. Yeah. I also don't have a background in medicine. Yeah.
0: But here's the exciting thing. So the antibody tests, I've thought, were kind of bullshit the last few months. It's just a bunch of private labs. Um, they're starting to roll out the good ones. Ooh. So all we'll right. all have the truth I'm fairly soon. I'm
1: very interested in that. Yes. So how, yeah. what's, the, what's the latest? Should we look
0: forward to an update next week on... Uh, about a month I'll get the antibody about test. About a month? Yeah, it's going to be another three or four oh, weeks okay. before Kaiser has them. Yeah. Uh, okay. But I'm very curious. Yeah. Um, how is your fear of coronavirus? I'm no longer afraid of any viruses. Uh, it's the sort of long-term economic impact that is... Um, not making me scared cause I don't really like to feel scared just cause of kind of how my outlook on life is. Yep. Um, but a little sad, like sad, just oh. sad for people, all the people around me suffering and, and sort of this drastic change that everybody's going to have to deal with.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're, we're definitely, I mean, any hope that things will go back quickly to the way they were beforehand yeah. is pretty much gone in my mind. Um, And then this is more a matter of how we're going to adapt to a starkly different but altogether new and very present reality. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel the same way. I, I drive around and I look at all the businesses. Some are open. Some are open in a very, very limited capacity. Some are still closed. And as I drive by, I'm then forced to go. Is that a business that's still going to be here in six months, in three months, in a year? Is that an industry that's going to exist mm-hmm. in three months, six months, a year, five years? Um, and it changes future planning. It changes the things I look forward to. It changes the nature of what I what I plan to do with my time and energy. Yeah. Travel is, is is impacted. Restaurants, what I will... And what people are going to do, there are so many jobs and industries and livelihoods that depend on so many areas of the economy that are really negatively impacted and will continue to be negatively impacted by this new world that we live in.
0: Yeah, you know, this is sort of the first uh, reckoning moment, in my opinion. There's so many things growing up that you're aware that can go catastrophically wrong in the world, but none of them ever felt real to me. Um, Things like climate change, uh, the finite amount of fossil fuels and sort of the refusal to move away from them in a rapid but difficult manner. Um, Those are sort of the two big ones. And and it always feels like, yeah, climate change will ruin the world and and kill a bunch of people because we're not built to adapt to that kind of environment in a lot of these places. But it never felt real. It never felt like it's going to impact my life or really come to fruition because, you know, you hear it for 20 years and nothing really changes in your reality. Um, so it just kind of feels distant. And, and that's something that happens to other people in, like, poorer countries or less developed nations and things like that. Um, th- this is one that I think just everybody globally is going to be affected by. And it's no longer about the virus. It's it's about everything that comes with it.
1: It's about the second and third order impacts. And what's really scary to me is that there's a lot of places in the world that don't have their own sustainable ability to grow their own food Mm -hmm. and provide their own energy. And the real long-term fear that I have is that this is going to lead certain countries to have famine and that a lot of people are going to die.
0: Yeah, and just general unrest and a transition into a world that really doesn't require everyone to work, but then on the counter side, having a system in place that requires people to work, to make money, and to live. It's sort of like um, the goal of technology, and I stole this line um, from another philosopher. I'm not going to mention him because I steal a lot of ideas from him. But anyway, the, the, goal, the goal of technology and human progress, quote-unquote, is to do more and more with less and less until eventually we can do everything with nothing. That is the briefest way of putting what technology is about, right? Um, And that's great from an ideological standpoint, but it leaves humanity in the dust because at the same time you have a population that strives to reproduce themselves. And what you have is more and more people in a world that requires less and less of them. So this is kind of striking... At a time that's making that even more obvious, it used to be something I think you could shove into the back of your mind, like a lot of these uh, catastrophic issues um, and sort of global problems that have world-ending uh, possibilities. But on the other hand, it's like, and this is going to get bleak, but you know, you were going to die anyway. <laughs> that's true. We all we all are. So, um, I I know, which brings me to another point. Actually, I'm a big fan of Albert Camus of all the I'm philosophers trying. I love he's yeah. he's my guy right. uh, he's always the guy I've related to and liked the most because he has sort of the bleakest philosophy, but also the most positive idealistic life um, outlook so at the same about, time. Right, he's on both sides. And I've long held the suspicion that he did all the bleak stuff because that's how he feels, but then he still wanted to get invited to parties. Yeah, <laughs> So he's sounds like, about But right. you should really make meaning in your life. It's sort of like nothing matters. You're vulnerable to death at any moment. So make the most of your life. Hey, yeah. guys, can I still party? Yeah. Um, you know, and I really like that, that balance that he has, but... Um, His book, The Plague, is being talked about a lot right now because of the obvious link to the current plague. But I think a lot of people are getting that book wrong. That book, there's a lot of ideas in that book. I hate summing up things into one singular idea. But the most important thing in that book is that you should never be scared of one singular thing or, you know, make a boogeyman out of something. Because everybody has a pre-existing condition and that pre-existing condition is mortality. So death lurks around every corner, you're you're incredibly vulnerable, you're a really soft bag of blood, um, and and you can die at any moment.
1: Um, We're very fragile, we're very delicate.
0: Yeah, which to me is a very positive conclusion, right? It's not this like, oh, woe is me, I'm just going to be sad and, and wallow around in the misery of my own mortality, like... No, it's it's what makes life meaningful. Because it's finite, it's meaningful. If you lived forever, you'd be boring and depressed. So.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So with that, uh, a couple things to take away. One is we got to make sure we live our lives um There's that great quote. I mean, somebody's asked in jest if if anybody knew if we were going to get through this together, Mm -hmm. because that seems to be what (laughs) every single person is asking. Do you guys think we'll get through this together? Are we going to get through this together? Um, So if anybody out there happens to know if we're going to be getting through this together, please send us a message on the contact link at Mm -hmm. deuslifepod.com. Uh, this is a somewhat shorter episode. Uh, we're trying a couple of different formats to see what yeah. the, sort of the magic mix is to make sure that we're bringing relevant and all the best value add content to our listeners, you guys, um, as well as sharing ridiculous stories and insights to take, uh, take a little bit of the, uh, the weight of the world off because there are certainly a lot of things going on. So that's our fight to continue bringing value add content that's educational and inspirational and aspirational because it is Deus Life and Aspirational mm-hmm. Podcast. And, uh, yeah, so just before we wrap it up, any parting thoughts?
0: Yeah, I would just say um, I think look forward to shorter episodes like this that just explore some ideas. Um, we have a guest coming to track uh, shortly, And that'll be our next episode. And I think that's a, a cool little balance. The, the great thing about having two people on the podcast is you can have conversational episodes like this. Um, and then they're great warm ups for the amazing interviews that we'll have coming for you as well. Mm-hmm. And at some point we're going to have to do
1: a uh, you do your own full hour solo podcast. And then <laughs> I do
0: a full solo hour
1: podcast. And then uh, we can I, see I, who does it, who, who struggles more.
0: I mean, I could do it. I'm, I, yeah, I, I really enjoy having you here because I can go off on these tangents. Um, Um, every, every conversation I ever have in my life leads to existential philosophy and my whole life is about fighting about not talking about that because it's like, I really love it and I can have a conversation with myself uh, about it. Um, but you know, I prefer to spare the audience. Um, it's not like, Hey Patrick, what's your favorite sport? What even is sport? <laughs> Patrick likes, still likes to be invited to parties as well. <laughs> but isn't it just a distraction from our own mortality? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to do that every time. So, exactly. um, this is a great way to, to yeah. having you here is a well, great was, way yeah. to not the, com- the conversation flows nicely. And,
1: uh, and, to, and to be frank, I don't, I mean, the format of just talking by myself into a microphone for an hour, mm-hmm. That's harrowing. I know there's some people that do it very successfully on their podcast. It's It doesn't feel like
0: you can improvise.
1: It's a, it's a, I mean, and it's tough to not have feedback from another guest or another human Mm -hmm. being. So you're imagining the amorphous blob of audience listening to you. So anyway, we'll try that at some point in the future. Maybe, I don't Mm -hmm. know. But in the meantime, uh, this episode is sponsored by Challenger Men's Products, makers of premium hairstyling products, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, as well as some new stuff. You can type in Challenger Care at, uh, on Amazon, as well as visit challengercare.com to buy a sampler pack. It is free, just pay shipping. So uh, that's all we have for today, and uh, have a wonderful day.
0: Excellent. Well, this has been Deus Life, an aspirational podcast. Everybody have fun. Peace.